Welcome to Terms of Service, a new Pornhub podcast. This is a show where I, Asa Akira, a porn star, along with my boss, Alex Kukesi, the VP of Brand and Community at Pornhub, talk with people from various industries and points of view regarding matters of censorship, deplatforming, free speech, and the most interesting thing in the world, sex. On today's episode, we speak to fashion designer Luis de Javier on the heels of his New York Fashion Week premiere presented by Pornhub. His ultra-sexy, edgy designs have been making their way through the celebrity circuit, as seen on Kylie Jenner, Julia Fox, Cardi B, Doja Cat, and Beyonce. We discuss his recent activations with Pornhub, including being designer of the year for the fifth annual Pornhub Awards, as well as what it means to be seen as hypersexual, why we all struggle with imposter syndrome, and whether or not a gender-free future is on the horizon. Who are you? Hi, I'm Luis de Javier, and I am an aspiring fashion designer. I guess. Aspiring? <laughs> aspiring, upcoming. I don't think Sorry. you're aspiring anymore. I think you're just you're a fashion designer. I'm a, I am yeah. a fashion designer. Mm-hmm. You aspired, and you're here now. Yes, you manifested. I'm. This show has been like crazy on like manifestation. I must say. How yeah. so? How so? I think in the studio, subconsciously, I was just prepping for everything. Lola's new album was the only thing that I was playing. Um, Madonna's daughter, who yeah, exactly. Ludus Leon, who walked the show. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, uh, wow, you were listening to her music, repeat, and repeat, then she was in the show on repeat. Yeah. So what is the deal? Like, what there is? Um, I got to walk in your show last night. Thank you. It just happened. Thank you for having me. First no, of all, honestly. I'm five one and a half. You don't understand what a dream come true this is. I'm from New York City. Like to walk in New York Fashion Week. As a short person, <laughs> representation matters. Person. Yeah, representation matters, everyone. Thank you so much for having Babe, me. You are, you are so cunt. Like, <laughs> you have no idea. But um, so there is this affiliation with Pornhub. So what exactly, Alex, can you explain it maybe? As far as like the deals, like the first like part of it was presenting your show at New York Fashion Week, which we talked about. But then also with the Pornhub Awards that are coming up in a couple of weeks, we're going to have, and this is the first time that we're ever doing it. Like we've had different, you know, types of artists and musicians and whatever else, like be part of the awards in, in different ways. Like we had like the statuette is designed by Peter Saville and we've had, you know, all kinds of really amazing creative direction from all kinds of different people. But this is the first time that there's been a fashion element in this way. I'm so excited. Where we're having someone actually create like looks for our ambassadors specifically um, at the Pornhub Awards. So I know that we haven't gotten into like what that's even going to look like or like, you know, what that's going to, yeah, how it's going to play out. And I think that like this alignment just made such perfect sense because I think like what you stand for and like what your design stands for, um, is so aligned with like what Pornhub stands for in so many reasons. So I think the fact that like you're a queer creator that obviously, there's so much about like freedom and like sexual expression. That's like, just like so obvious in, in the way that like, not even just in your clothing, but I think just like, you know, knowing you and like the way that you are, it was just like such like a natural kind of like alignment that just like felt right. And it's also just, I think like personally as like the mom quote unquote of Pornhub, I think it was so important to have, you know, our girls in the show, like to have you also in the show and to have Natasha in the show. Cause I think like, and this is something that's, Interestingly, actually, that we were talking about, it's just like, of course, like, that's the type of 
casting you're going to have. Like, it's going to be diverse. It's going to have, you know, it's going to have sex workers. It's going to have, like, you know, the quote-unquote more traditional models. It's also going to have, like, celebrities because that's, like, who you are. So it really, to me, just, it was, like, so much more, like, genuine and authentic. That's, like, really how... I think it made sense for us. It was, it was really cool for us to be a part of, for sure. Cool, it was yeah. fucking iconic. I'm still like processing. Oh, same. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I also am excited to just like sleep. <laughs> Are you happy That's, with how the show went? And I'm everything? so happy now. I'm like in the end of it, like on the other side of it. Like I feel <laughs> like I'm, I struggle with a lot of like imposter syndrome and I'm really, really tough with myself. Mm-hmm. Not professionally, but more like personally. Um, I really beat myself up if I feel that people haven't treated, uh, haven't been treated well um, by myself or the team, even though it doesn't come across of that. But like, if I feel myself just like raising my voice the tiniest bit, even though if it's followed by a sorry and like 20,000 apologies, like I lock myself in the toilet and like, I like just like whip myself. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I did. Like as soon as the show finished, I just ran to the toilet and like I had to be there for 20 minutes and like just figure out how I could like gather every single person and just like apologize like personally for like the stress and me not being like happy and smiling and everything. But also I think that just comes along with like realizing that I don't have to be that, that I'm also human and that like this brand is also run by a human, like Mm -hmm. a a 25 year old kid that like, it's just also just figuring stuff You're 25? Yeah, 26, sorry. Um, I, this is always, sorry, this always happened. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my brain just got stuck in, uh, in 2021. <laughs> no, I think I've actually after you're 21, this happens to everyone I know where like no one remembers how old they are within one year. And exactly. you have to like do the math in your head. Yeah, like, exactly. That is a, actually, I didn't realize that's a really young age as an older, as an older woman. Oh yeah. We got called older women <laughs> yeah. at dinner last night. But that Someone is a really young age to like yeah. be in charge of that many people and this big of a production and holy shit. I can't even imagine that's <laughs> good job. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, that's so interesting. Cause like you called when we spoke this morning, like that was the first thing that you did was you apologized to me. Yeah. And I thought that that was so, cr- and like, but I get it. Cause like, I also, I fully understand you on like the imposter syndrome thing. Like, mm-hmm. and it's like, and sometimes it comes out in like the weirdest ways where it's just like, okay, yeah, now I'm an executive at a porn company, but it's like, I don't know how to use Microsoft office. And like, that's my <laughs> biggest grift is that like, I got to where I am today. I have no idea how to use Microsoft Excel, but I feel like it's like stupid things like that where it's like, Oh, I'm gonna get caught, and like someone's gonna know that. Like, why does why is this a common theme among our generation? And I say our generation, like obviously you are like a lot younger than us, but still, like of this generation, like I don't think, for example, any of our parents had imposter syndrome. I think I also, it's be- it is. Oh, a, sorry. No, yeah, no. Why? I think it's because us, especially in this room, we're all doing something. Like you have a calling in life. You have a calling mm-hmm. in life. I have a calling in life. Mm-hmm. Not everyone has that. And uh, we are so lucky to be able to like say, fuck this and fuck everything that I've been told. Fuck fuck how I've been raised. Fuck what I've been told that I have to be. I'm just going to follow this. Mm -hmm. But of course, in terms of like how you're um, educated growing up, if you're told like that this is no, 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 no. You can't do this regardless if you go and do it. 
and how like confident you are and everything, you're still gonna have that underlying thing in your head saying mm-hmm. you're not supposed to do this mm-hmm. or you're That's not or you're not this. Yeah, it, it's true. Like, or maybe it's even like less of a generational thing and more of an artist thing or just an unconventional. Because yeah. it's true. Like, we grew up thinking like to go to a job is a little bit to suffer, right? And to exactly. go to a job is like to push paper yeah. and like go you to check into it. this nine to five. You should not enjoy it. You have to, like, a hobby is a hobby and your job is your job. And like, you do the responsible thing and you go to university or college or whatever. And like, that is like, you take this one path to success and anything else that's really true. Like feels like, Whoa, should I even be seeing success? Like that can't be real. I can't possibly deserve this. Like it must not be really happening. Yeah. Like you're waiting for the other shoe to drop like all the time. Like someone's going to call you out and be like, Oh no, you're actually not that remarkable. You're not that. Yeah. Sit the fuck down. Yeah. Exactly. Like you're not supposed to be here (laughs) Um, for sure. And I think like, you know, for me, I think it's largely like a gender thing, at least like in a corporate space. And I think in tech especially, and it's not necessarily that like, I've been really fortunate, I think, like just in the way that I've come up in the company and, you know, there haven't been any like direct instances of of anything like that. But I think it's more been in like, in the outside world, like the way that people read me, this happens all the time. Like when because, you know, I, I know my full name is Alexandra, but like no one calls me that except my mom, like literally ever. Um, so I always go by Alex. And a lot of the time, like when I'm just like on email with someone. Everyone assumes you're a everyone guy. Everyone assumes I'm a guy and it's like a shock. And yeah. I think it's especially because of the industry that I'm in um, mm-hmm. that like I would be, you know, someone with like a position of power in a porn company. Right. And I'm a woman. It's like people like do not understand it's so and like and I get it like it's not like I'm not like necessarily shocked at the reaction but yeah so I think that it is I think it's really just about creating these opportunities and these spaces where we can talk about these things that we care about like it's really important for me and I think it's really important for you and it's really important for you that like we're creating you know spaces for conversations about the freedom of sexual expression Mm -hmm. because I really do think that that is increasingly more and more dangerous for today, sure. like in a way, there's like there's more freedom and like ability and space to express yourself than ever before. But there's also more censorship and restriction and weirdly as, more risk. Exactly. As a result of that space getting created, there's more policing of it. There's more, you know, surveillance of it. There's more censorship of it. So I think like we're kind of in a way like Pornhub being the type of platform that it is, which is a very safe platform and a really free and open platform at the same time. It's really like unique in that way. Yeah. But also because it's like, it's, it's safe and it's monitored, but not with the intention of like curbing what's trying to be expressed or curbing what's trying to be said. It's like literally just about like safety on a fundamental level. And I think that that's kind of like what we get to do and and express when we do like these kinds of partnerships. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it's just like, what is it that we care about? Like, what are like, what are the types of like images that we want to see? Like, what's the kind of you know, bodies that we want to see? What are the kinds of, like, what's the art that we want to see? Because, like, now it's not just, like, assumed that, like, you know, just because there is platform available for everyone, it's not necessarily that everyone's going to see it, right? It's, like, there has to be, like, money and, like, funding that goes, you know. Speaking of, like, how, so, like, yeah, Pornhub, like, you're right, fundamentally is, like, this safe space, but it's also, like, in the world, Mm -hmm. it is still a porn site, right? Yeah. So, like, for you, when you get approached with this kind of deal, like, 
is it is it like an automatic yes right away or is there like like truthfully like really 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 I'm wondering like genuinely what goes on in your head like is there any hesitation on your end where you're like I mean I'm sure like you know this your whole brand is it's you it's your life it's, it's your name your name your, your image whole everything yeah. like you must there must be be thoughts in your mind of like where you have to weigh the pros and cons and like what what is going on in your mind like first initially of, first of all thank god for someone finally splashing the cash <laughs> that <laughs> yeah that's the first thing is the first ever funding that i get no way the, the first ever. wow i didn't and know it's, that and this is like and the history is like for example like um um hood by air is like my, i'm like the biggest fan and it was like my only inspiration when I was doing fashion mm -hmm. school and it was, I think it was the last show you did in New York yeah um so just thinking first of all that I'm being like put in the same like mentality or like deal or like um consideration mm -hmm. as they were when they were like um like on in like their highest like, like peak mm -hmm. first of all I can't fucking believe it it's a lot of reassurance um and also like I my brand kind of like just exudes sex mm -hmm. and stuff. And then now at this point, like, I wouldn't have been able to do what I did in terms of like the um, PR of the coming up to the show mm -hmm. before, you know? I feel like before I would have like thought that I actually was that person that was like, because um, we did the um, whole like AI Photoshop, like on Times Square, me yeah. like naked yeah, yeah. on my fours with my, with my as a hole out. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it looked great. Thank you, thank you. I felt it felt great, <laughs> and that was shot by the director from the show. That's like my my sis. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, okay. so everything's just like been like very kept in the family and stuff. So before, I remember people would talk about nude shoots, and mm -hmm. I would actually be jealous because I would be like, I'm so self conscious about my body. I've got such lack of confidence, and I see myself so gr grotesquely that mm -hmm. um, that. I can't believe how people just get naked in front of a camera for other people to see. And for just because this is an audio podcast and like, you know, obviously beauty is subjective, et cetera, et cetera. But you're gorgeous. Like literally the first like I texted you. the first thing she said, she was like, I can't believe how hot he is. Yeah, I was like, oh so like, hot. Like it's hurting my heart how yeah. hot he is. Like total package. <laughs> and literally everyone after that that like met you for the first time is like, oh my God, he's so hot. Oh my God, he's so hot. Anyway, like we can cut this out. This like has nothing no, to no, do with no. Anything. No, but I think no, it needs to hear this. <laughs> everyone needs to hear that yeah. he's very hot. Please get me some dick. <laughs> but um that's really interesting. Also, but so what what was the what was kind of like the deciding factor for you to actually indeed pose nude for that? So basically like um, having the brand and it being so hypersexualized and that just being really, really pushed in order to promote the brand and impress releases and to like just for it to like make sense and just kind of like spoon feed it to the public because obviously I know the whole story behind each piece and like mm. each piece like has a meaning, but like not everyone knows that, not everyone knows my story, but not everyone like... Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm, gets that. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like I always really pushed myself to be hypersexualized because I also thought I was that and I wanted to be that uh, because I embody that, um, yeah. if that makes sense. But then like um, starting the brand and um, falling in love, I realized how 
little confident I was sexually and like all like the really dark stuff that came like with sex, a lot of like dark stuff like my sexual past and like how I started like experiencing like gay sex and stuff. Mm-hmm. Gay shit. <laughs> gay shit. Just gay shit. Gay shit. <laughs> um, and then, so I just kind of just felt like a fraud. It, I was just like, I can't believe like people think that I'm this and I'm not this. And what if like someone has like sex with me and like it's like, you know, it's like the most horrible thing and like, you know, or like I'm so in my head and like, you know. That's a really funny thing for you to say because so you are you are seen as like this hypersexual being, right? Because of your collection, because of who you are, because of how you look. And you have this fear that this imposter syndrome thing yeah. where someone fucks you or you fuck someone and you have sex and like maybe it's not going to be as good exactly. as they expected. I feel the same exact fucking yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, because I'm, I'm, I'm sure a porn star and yeah. like I feel like I have to give like the best performance every time. But then I also feel like if I give too good of a performance, are they going to think it's performative? Yeah. Right. And then exactly. like I get in my own head about like okay, like like I got to give it exactly 72% and you know, like do I do anal on the first time? Whatever. Like there's a lot of that in my mind as well. So like, I really, really relate to you. And then like it stops being an exchange of like mutual agreement and like pleasure and stuff. And it just, Starts being an evaluation mm-hmm. because like, you just get automatically read a certain way. No, exactly, like, yeah. and you've got so much stuff in your head that then you just subconsciously like just judging the other person, mm-hmm. you know. Like, but it's all us, right? It's all exactly. that's so yeah. internal yeah. and yeah, not yeah, yeah, at all exactly. like real. You're yeah, judging yeah. the other person because you're anticipating that they're judging you. Exactly, exactly. You exactly. No it's, it's all a projection. And you're not focused exactly. on your pleasure. Mm-hmm. You just focus on them. Do you? So, so was this? Not just this collection, but like when you started the line. So you say like when you started the line and when you started the brand and you fell in love and like you were so sexually, you know, still figuring your shit out. Like, was the brand always this hypersexual though? It was like even more. Even more? Because mm-hmm. that's the thing, because I, I really thought I was that. I really thought I was that. And I really, I was like, I'm a hoe, like da da da, like you know. I rem- my first press release, it was like, I know my first like promo show for my first show, the, and the only one that I did before this one was literally me sat, um, and we got glue, icing sugar, and water, mixed it up, and threw it on my face, <gasps> as if pretending it was cum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like dripping on my face, you know. And I really thought I was that. You know, and I really thought like, and that's the thing. Like, so why not? Like, why why dial it back? Not dial I'm not it, saying that's the no, wrong no, no, choice not, or not, anything not like that. Not dial it back. I feel like um, I've just learned a lot, and I've learned a lot by myself. And I realized that I don't have to be to pretend to be anything, and I yeah. don't have to take anything to the extreme just because I don't believe in myself enough. You know, and I don't have to put fucking ice and sugar and glue in my eye. <laughs> you know um, you could just use pina colada mix next time thank you so much that's what we use <laughs> thank you um, <laughs> thank you probably tastes I, a lot better I really appreciate that babe <laughs> thank you um, <laughs> but I'm wondering like how do you decide for the collection like how do you decide where that line is like what is, is it just based on like a gut feeling or is it like people on the outside like giving you input or like where is the line and like at what point is it just pornography mm, yeah 
So I think like I basically realized that first of all, the only reason why I do is I want everyone to feel empowered. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like I feel like the brand embodies a character, but that character is individual for each individual. So that like I just give kind of like a blank canvas, if that makes sense now. Something that like gives room for people to play with and they're not feel like they're going like forced to that and 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 that really tracks because like even yesterday i've i've only had two experiences in fashion shows and like yours like one thing people kept saying about your show afterwards was like the casting was so good and like yeah. everyone from my experience like of what i've seen of fashion shows it's usually like this very uniform thing of like everyone is led to walk the same way. There's like this universal or like a uniform theme that goes throughout every model. And I think like, and the instruction like you guys were giving out like backstage was like, we want you to be yourself. We want you to bring your own character. And I think when you watch the show, like every single person had a very different vibe. Very different the way walk, they walked. Different speed, different cadence. Like, yeah. And it was really refreshing. Yeah. Actually. And so that I, it, I see now like how, why you did that. Mm. Like that makes exactly. total, total sense. And, and you say, you talk about how like your sexuality informs your work, but I know, like, can we talk about this? Like you, yeah, of course, 100%. you, Go you for funded it. your first few collections with sex work, correct? Yeah. Uh, can we talk about that? Like, yeah. 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 100%. So I feel like, I just want it so much and there's no other way. Mm-hmm. So it is what it is. So you have to do what you do. And if I, for me, it's like the same if like quitting my job and like not sleeping for two months and doing 35 looks for by myself for the first collection. That was kind of like equally with like, kind of like. Same to, thing. Yeah. It's yeah. just like. Like it was a means to an yeah, end. Yeah. It's of like, thing. I don't have time. Like right now, um, I don't have time to be paid seven pounds an hour. Yeah. Um, I just don't have the time. So you like, for you, it was literally like, I'm getting cash to fund my passion. It was like um, either modeling. I was like quick money job. So either modeling, I kind of like that's I moved around. That's kind of like how my modeling career also started because I was working at Vivian Westwood. And then instead of fucking designing, they just decided that I was going to be a model. (laughs) Can I ask what type of, (laughs) what type of sex work? Are you comfortable saying that? Yeah, 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 of course. Um, so just, yeah, just basically just. Plain old escorting kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. That's so, you know, I think that like. My mom doesn't know this. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, mom. <laughs> I think that's actually like weirdly so refreshing to hear because I think like we're, we're in this place now, especially like in the, from internally from like within the porn world there's always this thing of like, we want to prove to the world that sex work can be fun and like it's empowering and it doesn't have to be like this, like, like victimizing story. Mm. But then like when we're pushing so hard for that, and that is of course like the truth of many people and like that's super lucky and, you know, has its own place. But like, I think it almost get gets lost that like the narrative that like sex work is a legit job. Mm-hmm. Like you can you can have sex for money, and that is a legit job just as much as accounting is a job. It like, can be a very neutral thing. It can be exactly. a very neutral and I think thing. That that's you even don't have more to love it for it to be empowering. Exactly. I think 
I think that there's the, like, I understand, obviously we all understand why the framing of it in that way is necessary, right. For it to be, cause we're, we're, we want so hard for people to, you know, accept it, I guess that it feels like that is the way that we're going to achieve it is by, you know, doing it in this more like celebratory way. But I think the, the, the end goal ultimately is for it to just be, like you said, like a new, like thing like where people accept like, it as a oh, normal you're an accountant you're an astronaut you're a sex worker you were a cashier it's like exactly whatever like and it's it's i think that is ultimately like the most powerful place that it could get to totally is where it's just neutral it's like that pendulum thing where like and i think we're experiencing that in a lot of different ways like in the world right now where it's like we've been like living on this one extreme for so long that the pendulum has to swing to the other extreme in order for it to fall back in the middle mm -hmm. right so like it's yeah like the the ideal end goal like you said would be like this neutral place especially as a woman is it more common than we know maybe or is it it's way more common here in new york i must say oh, interesting. i feel like in 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 new york like there's like this hustle mentality but also this kind of like lifestyle that like oh i want like a comme de garçon like a hundred dollar shirt so i'm just gonna do some sex work to get it Interesting. Mm -hmm. I wonder if it also falls in line with you're originally from Barcelona. I am, yeah. And like my my ex-husband is from Barcelona. And like I remember every time we visited, which would be like a couple times a year, and you know, we would hang out with all his friends. I always came back to the States with this feeling of like, holy shit, like in the US, we care so much about our careers and our jobs, and we really really live to work Literally. yeah and in yeah. europe that's, that's it's the opposite saying. it's you work to live yeah. right i know and like to the point that like in spain we, that we in, kind of make like the mediterranean yeah and i, I think it seems so much healthier it is way it healthier is. and it's like i think like you know and i fully like make fun of people for it like in a way where i'm just like oh it's like of course you're not answering my email because you're on your like 18th holiday Siesta. Exactly. Yeah, of the year and like meanwhile I mean, we're over like, here trying to get some shit done true. but it's like that is the way the healthier. joke's on us. It's Literally. 100%. But also the thing is like, I agree, but also what you, what me being from there, mm -hmm. there's no drive. Interesting. The but drive, is that a bad thing? For me, like for me, I left because I was like, I'm not, you didn't I'm, fit. I'm not content yeah. here. I'm yeah. not content with staying in my town. I'm not content with finishing my job at six and then figuring out who I am mm -hmm. if I want to play tennis or if I want to go for walks or if I want to get a dog or if I want to mm -hmm. like, you know, um, and that's the thing. People are just content, which mm -hmm. is, which sometimes when plenty of times I think like, fuck, I wish I could just be content. I think about that all the time where I'm you just know? like, I wonder if like my calling had just been to get married when I'm 22 and like have three kids by the time I'm 30 Exactly. and, you know, work a nine to five where I could, or maybe not even a nine to five, if like maybe just something where I'm like doing like part time and, you know, my job is done when I leave whatever it is, like if I would have been happier. No, for sure <laughs> you would. Like, like, let me tell my, my current husband, not the one I just talked about, <laughs> my current husband, he is, <laughs> he is someone who is like, he, he's, he doesn't get his validation and fulfillment from work. Like mm -hmm. he just doesn't. He, he works to live, right? So like he is, he, and he's like, I would say an overall generally happy person and I am like the anxious, depressive mm -hmm. one. And like, it took me so long to actually believe 
that he doesn't get validation out of hard work and killing yourself and suffering and being stressed out all the time. And like, wow, I am so jealous. Like, imagine, imagine being happy without having. But also, can you imagine not wanting more? Not, Literally, no, I can't. That's I know, the problem. That's, but that's the thing. It's and like, I wish I could experience that. I wish I could experience yeah. not And there's a part more. of me that doesn't believe it still. I'm like, for sure. Yeah. It's impossible but also to it's fathom. the same thing as like me kind of sometimes wanting to experience what sex with a vagina would be like. <laughs> <laughs> me <laughs> you know? too. Like I'm happy with what I have, but also I'm curious. Are you kidding? <laughs> I would, I always say this. If I were to wake up. Everyone says like, oh, you know, if you woke up tomorrow with a penis, what would you do? And like, everyone's always like, oh, I'd pee all over everything and I'd like fuck something with a penis. Literally. No, I would get fucked in my ass right away because imagine how good anal feels when you have a prostate. Oh yeah, that's crazy. I can't even, like that must be incredible. Trust me, I know. I'm I'm, I'm leaving. (laughs) I've got somewhere to go. (laughs) I just remembered I have an appointment. (laughs) Literally, I just remembered I have a prostate. (laughs) What am I doing here on a podcast? (laughs) So, like, coming from the world of sex work and, you know, I, I think, you know, you talk about how, like, that history, like, affects, or not affects, but, like, informs your collection, your work, your art. Like... Also, there are a lot of people without the past of sex work or anything in the sex industry in general who are making like very provocative, sexy clothing. And no, I shouldn't say sexy clothing, but like- Specifically drawing from the sex work aesthetic. Exactly. Like, okay, for example, Lucite heels, right? Yeah, everyone's heels are like Those are stripper heels. Like there's no way to explain Lucite heels without- talking about the history of stripping, right? Or dancing or whatever. So like, do you, is there any part of you, and I'm not like trying to lead you to one answer or another, but like, I'm wondering like, is there any part of you that feels like there is like an appropriation aspect of like when other designers who are not like from this like hypersexual background do like just kind of Mm -hmm. get like just kind of the benefits and of like and like the shock value and all like the cool things about the sex industry and the sex work, but like yeah. not having put in the work. Like you get to I'm wear like a clothes. cute little harness to a rave, but then like yeah. or oh like God. a dog collar no, or whatever. Or just quick queens. <laughs> <laughs> like is do you like do you feel any sense of like you deserve that and they don't kind of thing or no, not at all. To be completely honest, no, like no, I feel like. At the end of the day, I feel like everyone's just like really just trying their best, you know? (laughs) That's so wholesome. Yeah. Everyone's just trying their best. And if you feel like your calling is just adding to the pile of shit, then just go ahead, you know? Go off. Go off and do that if that's what makes you happy. As long as you don't pollute a lot, like we're happy for you to like, you know, as long as you're not bothering anyone. (laughs) Is there there anything in fashion that like really turns you off? Mm. Um... I must say that I'm very protective about like rave culture, mm. not rave culture, but like as in like the community, like in it, and like just seeing that fucking Bottega show in Burkhine really pissed me off. Just can seeing, you like elaborate? Because like oh sorry, um, we're not so, all of so Bottega of this world. <laughs> uh, appointed this new creative director. I think it was a couple of years ago or last year. I think it was during lockdown. 
Um, and they just kind of like rebranded the whole brand and everything and started making it like super cool and super exclusive. And it went off and it was fab. Um, and one of the things that they did is during lockdown, they hosted a fashion show in Berkine. And um, that was when Berkine and all the clubs in Germany, first of all, Techno is one of like the biggest uh, tourist attractions, like t techno clubs in Berlin, and they should be actually protected by like the UN and they're trying to do so. And not to say anything, it's not because I love getting fucked up or like, you know, but like for me, like me being surrounded by people that I never thought I would be able to meet growing up in a space where I feel so secure. And on top of that, I'm having like an other like out of like my body experience, like dancing and being like in one with my body and with someone else's and like all together and like so much energy is so precious to me. Mm -hmm. um, that, like that, it sounds almost like a spiritual. It is, yeah. it is. Like there's so many times that I've literally like, actually the highest I've been, I the highest, I'm sorry also, <laughs> but like the <laughs> happiest I've been ever is like in Burkhan actually just looking at the lights, seeing like no end of that like, 100 meter ceiling and like just gasping for air and like that's like the happiest i'd be like if i when i'm dead when i die i'm probably gonna recall that moment um so that just not being taken into consideration in terms of like just being shut down and then the government just trying to shut it down and then on top of that bottega just opening Burkhine, like mm -hmm. nothing just because they splashed probably like two million. It's like super appropriation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like the thing is like those people are usually not allowed in Burkhine. Right. Like I think it was Future. I think it was Elon Musk and all these people. Like they've been denied entry at Burkhine. Um, so then just kind of just thinking that like you can just like with some money and with anything, you can just buy anything and take over anything and appropriate anything. Right. And it, and like that, the essence of capitalism yeah, in yeah. there. And, and I guess you can do the same with like sex work and porn. Like, um, you know, like it's so judged and it's so badly seen. And like no son, which is bullshit, would ever want to bring a porn star to meet their mom. Right, right, You know right. what I mean? Mm -hmm. So why if we're just like splashing the cash on that and making it commercial, then why is it okay then? What is... Well, I guess they recognize exactly. that there's like the factor in it that makes it appealing. And like that's a, that's really guess, an interesting yeah. an, an analogy because like I think one of the most interesting interviews I ever read was with the door like the door guy yeah. at Brigade. And like he talks about, you know, the importance of protecting exactly what it is that you're talking about. And it's like, you know, it's like it's like such a common thing where it's like, oh, you're not gonna get in if you're not like this, you're not like that, or blah, blah, blah. And I don't think that there's an understanding really of like what it is it's not just about making sure that like only the hot people get in or only the people that are dressed a certain way mm -hmm. get in i think it's really about you know protecting that and then so that is pretty crazy that like you can kind of you know there is a value i think in that kind of gatekeeping mm -hmm. and like that kind of protection and i think like maybe that's like the analogy that like we're trying to draw as like you know to the sex work or to yeah the adult industry where it's just like there's not i don't think I've ever experienced a more accepting community in many ways, but there is like a strong level of like protectiveness. Like mm -hmm. I think, you like know, there is, it's just as far as like who it and is it's that, also. yeah, because like because we're, we're so scared of, you know, our industry being misunderstood or like, or demonized or cast in a certain way that like when, you know, we're talking about things like 
documentary films or like interviews with people or like, you know, this is something that I encounter all the time, like people that want to write, you know, a story. And this is something that I think came up in our, in our conversation with Lynn, where it's like, obviously like, oh yeah, porn is so cool and interesting. And like, I want to write like the next big journalistic masterpiece about the adult industry, but like, you're not from this industry. So like, even like you're coming in with like the questions that you think that you should be asking with like the hypothesis that you already have, you're coming in with all these like loaded preconceptions and you can think that like, oh, I'm doing this like really great thing and I'm platforming and I'm giving agency mm -hmm. and voice and like, it's going to be so positive. But like, I think until you've really been part of this community, like you can't really do that yeah, totally. in a way that's authentic. And like, a lot of times, like, when the spotlight is shining the brightest, yeah, it's also, like, the most dangerous for that community, exactly. right? Which is exactly the same thing as mm -hmm. what you're saying. And also, like, it's kind of what you were saying before. Like, it's not only, like, super hot people, like, you know? It's Which like, is so objective. It's like a whatever, like... And it's like, um, like you said, it's not only that, especially, like, in, in Berlin, mm. how it's not, like, here, like, that just, like it's that vibe and it's like the fashion kits that I take yeah, it from yeah, here. So yeah. it's just like either models or creative directors and like stylists and, you know, like super hot people mm -hmm. um, that embody that outside of this. Mm -hmm. um, it's people that are like architects, like, um, you know, chemists. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it's not something objectified. It's not something that they Someone would go on the street, can I take a picture with you? Oh yeah, my God, yeah, yeah. oh my God. Like, you know. No, it's really about, it's like you a know? safe space creation, yeah, and right? Same, and and same with sex exactly. workers and porn, you know. I feel like that's that. It's like we need to realize that like it's not all, like it's not just like a fantasy and it's not only for people that, it's not only okay for people that are a fantasy to mm -hmm. look at. Mm -hmm. Everyone should be able to do that and everyone has a life and a history outside of that. Mm -hmm. And that just, you know, doesn't... Yeah, everyone deserves, yeah, the, yeah to be, I think, perceived as, like, desirable. And also everyone deserves to desire. Mm -hmm. And, like, it, that can look... And I think that's what's also so great about porn today is that, like, it's so different than it was, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Oh, my God, even well. five years ago. Are True. you kidding? Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah, my, yeah. my flatmates always... This is what I love about living with my three best friend women. First of all, that um that Netflix show about like the whole like sex uh, sex and woman and like how like all the percentages of like um so ninety seven uh, women of uh, in straight uh, normative relationships have only reached orgasms <laughs> once or twice or like a, a quarter or da 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 and everything and then just like learning like the clitoris and seeing how fucking how a lot of men just suck and how like just are you talking <laughs> about that thing that just came out where like they it's say 7%. that hetero women who are like cis het women having heterosexual sex are having the least amount of orgasms exactly yeah and i think gay dudes are having the most orgasms right exactly because yeah. because or that's the thing is like, i think it's just gay people like lesbian yeah women and like gay yeah men. exactly and then it says like and then there's an increase in like lesbians Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. obviously, like, if your body's so intricate and someone just it's, has two fingers as a forehead and just, just doesn't get it, <laughs> like, you know, you're just going to go with someone that, like, you know, like, understands it, you know? And at the end of the day, it's like, I feel like we're getting to a point now where there's, like, really no no gender. It's just, like, like energy and, like... Do you, you feel you like know? that's the future? I think about this all the time, and mm -hmm. I... Maybe this is me just, like, project latching onto something you said and projecting all over it. But like, do you think that like the future is 
genderless? 100%, at least for myself. That's why I am to be. Like, I love dick. Like, there's no, I always, I always used to say, there's no way I'm like going back to like pussy. Like when I was like 14, I just literally was just so horny and wanted to do anything. No offense to us. Yeah. No, but, no, no. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I do like, want to have one. We're only like right here. <laughs> um, so... I think previously to this, like, you haven't really talked about, like, the sex work aspect. Like, not to keep, like, harping on no, this, no, but no, it's no, just, no. like, my area of interest, which is why I talk about it a lot. Like, I'm obsessed with sex and, like, I just love talking about it. But I'm wondering, like, you know, previously you haven't really talked about sex work, like, um, or your history of it. Like, is it, one, was that a conscious decision? And, like, two, does that feel scary to you now to say anything about it? It's not now. Not at all. It's actually the first time I say it out loud. Um, no one actually knows that I. That's kind of like how I funded some stuff. Like not even like my best friends. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like okay? Like so, you say like you didn't even like talk to your friends about like the sex work that you did, but like now in this year, like two thousand twenty three, whatever. Like now you're telling your friend like just fucking do it. Do you think that's like? Uh, of course, like you've matured as a human, whatever, like that's the way things go. But like, do you think also maybe that's a reflection of like how much the world has changed? Like with, you know, all these like platforms, like a lot more people are like sex workers now mm -hmm. and openly so because like a lot of people who are working minimum wage jobs are now like making their own content. And mm -hmm. now we're content creators and like uploading, you know, even like just masturbating on a bed and then posting that. And now like we've kind of blind the learn the lines of like what is porn mm -hmm. and what's like content. And like, it, it's just, do you feel like the world is just a little bit more accepting now? Maybe this is like the thing, like, I don't know. I can't tell you because of the bubble. You yeah. Know? Same. Uh, the only thing I can tell I was going to ask, like, do you feel that way? I'm like, in the bubble. That's why like I asked yeah, because exactly. Well, I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a bubble. <laughs> I'm in a bubble. You have, Okay, because like even like your your quote, I'm saying this like whatever in air mm -hmm. quotes, like your civilian friends. Because mm -hmm. like I know that you have friends that are mm -hmm. like obviously yes, a lot of people that are in our community. But then there's also like your friends with artists and authors and mm -hmm. chefs and whatever like runs the gamut. But like, have they like have you ever had a conversation like anyone from like the outside world, quote unquote, that's like come to you in the last couple of years and been like, hey, I'm thinking about getting into OnlyFans. What do you think? Definitely like, no. I've never had that, but like, so I, I would say like my tightest circle of friends, mm -hmm. they are civilians. They're yeah. not sex workers, mm -hmm. but like they fully civilians. accept me. Oh, so I yeah. kind of like consider them, I mean, they're allies for sure. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So even though they are from very different worlds than me, like, you know, like one of my best friends is a YA author, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. One is an interior designer. Like it, it they are soup so super accepting that I consider them part of the community and part of the bubble. And it's not the real world, right? Like I, I think for me, the real world is like when I go drop off my kids at school, like that's the real world. And I don't even talk to those people. You know what I mean? Like, and I feel very protective of myself and like just my kids and everything. Like I kind of like don't even want to start that conversation because I don't want to know where it goes. How do you feel about like kid, your kids and school as just like as a as a person as you how how do you protect yourself from like it's like unfortunately those unfortunately those like 
I mean, my kids are four and two. So like, I haven't really come across anything like that yet. I know it will happen. Mm -hmm. And like, I mean, you're like literally like sitting in front of a person that's like figuring it out. Like I don't, I, I don't like know how I'll show up when that happens. Like I have hopes that, you know, I am raising my children in a way where they, they, they are not like, you know, other kids of my generation, right? Like they are people that are going to, I'm trying to raise like in a, to be non-judgmental and very inclusive and understanding of like that sex can be for pleasure and it's not like this ugly shameful thing that mm-hmm. you know eventually I would like them to really see sex work as work like all these things and I I don't I want them to see that I'm empowered by who I am and not um ashamed of it but yeah like I I don't know like I don't know how no, but like, no, we'll not your kids, because obviously, like, this is the reason why people like you and you and me and probably everyone in this room has to have like offspring. Let's <laughs> say as a, as a scientific word, because at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, like, you know, we're just trying to put more people like us in the world. For sure. So that's like, not like, obviously, like, I know that that's not going to happen, and you're probably going to raise your kids like beautifully and Thank with you. like amazing, like, no, they're perfect. Yeah, you know, I'm, so that, I'm, they're pretty cool so far. I mean, how right. do you like? take care of yourself confronting the like the parents and the teachers and like you know and like that outside world so far just kind of not talking to them about it I'm still like so it's this like super contradicting thing that like I feel like there's this one part of me that is so proud of what I do right but then there's this other side of me that is like realistic and I know that there are people in their lives that will not be accepting of this mm-hmm. and it will affect them. So it's like super contradictory where like I have to kind of like pick for now anyway, like pick and choose like where I'm going to like stand up for myself and like be this like figure or like this spokesperson of like being like pro-sex work, pro-sex, yeah. pro-feminism. you know feminism. And then like there are places that I have to like kind of like make myself smaller just for like the sake of my kids having like a little bit of an easier life. Like Mm. I don't post them on social media. Like I don't put out their names and you know, like, so I, I do what I can. And, but like, it's like I said, really, like I'm just like Figuring figuring it out as I go. And like, I wish there was a blueprint, but like, and it's weird to be like, I'm like, you know, almost 40 years old and I'm doing this thing oh where I'm God, really off. just winging it, you know? Really? Like, but I don't think yeah. you're winging you it. You do not think... look. <laughs> oh, thanks. It's all the oh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna surgeries hold... and fillers. I'm going to let Botox. space for same the, the admiration. Same, 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 same. Um, <laughs> no, but I think like, I don't think you're just winging it. I think it's like, it's intuitive. Mm. Like, I think like, like not to, you know, speak for you, but I think like, I don't want you to discredit yourself because I think Thank it's you. like, it is. No, because like, it's not an easy thing. And like, I, you know, I'm obviously, I'm not a parent um, and I'm not a sex worker, but I do have my own version of having to do that as well, where it's like, even just like, it's something stupid where like, I'm at my parents' house for dinner mm-hmm. and they have friends over and they're like, Hey, how's work going? And I'm just like, Hmm, I don't know like <laughs> which way to answer that. You're right. Winging it is you. the wrong term. Because it's very it, strategic. It's thoughtful. It's very it's thoughtful, thoughtful and it's and like it's self-preservation. Like yeah. it's protecting of yourself. And I don't think that that's, like, I don't think that that's necessarily, like, not showing up in the right way because it's, like, when you're when you're having those moments and you're being thoughtful about, like, is this, like, the best 
way for me to spend my energy and to like, you know, put my neck out there a little bit. Like, is this like the right environment for it? Like, is it even worth it? And I think, you know, when it is and when it's not. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that that's fine. Like if you obviously like you don't want to put your kids on social media, like that is the right thing to do. I know people that are not sex workers that don't put their kids on social media mm -hmm, for like mm -hmm, different mm -hmm. reasons. It's like, that's totally okay. And it's like how you just have to like protect your energy and like protect your family. Like, I think that's really normal. Yeah, totally. Do you, do you feel in any way, like, have there been moments like that for you? Like, because your persona is so hypersexual, your brand is so hypersexual, like, do you, like, are there people in your life that have been, or are they just cut out or like what? They're cut out. Same. Yeah. Completely. Same, yeah. Like, I have no, no time. time or no will. Yeah. Like, I have no relationship with anyone from my past life. Mm -hmm. Just like one best friend mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that I feel like when you just have like a deep connection, it just like goes beyond whatever like life you're both living and stuff. Like I don't judge her. She doesn't judge me. Of course, I wouldn't live the life she's living, but. What do you think makes people like us? Like, obviously the three of us are obsessed with sex. Like that yeah. is like, no matter like how we want to be or like what we think of ourselves or who we strive to be, like clearly we're obsessed with sex. Like we're very driven by it and drawn to it and want to talk about it. And like, it just shows up, right? Like why? <laughs> That's a great question. I mean, yeah, I think we're all fascinated by it in our own ways. And it's true because like we all have three very, Different, different jobs. mediums of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we all think about it in that way in different ways. Yeah. But yeah, it comes down to like a very fundamental baseline thing. And like for me, it's just like total freedom. That's what it comes down to. Like I don't think that you can experience freedom in a way that's more true and pure than in sex. Mm -hmm. Like it's complete surrender and like vulnerability and, you know, and it, I know that it's not, you know, it's different with like every encounter. And I think that it's also in that too. And to me, it's just like the most like interesting primal, like exchange of energy that you can experience. And it's infuriating that the most natural thing in the world is like the most shunned. Mm-hmm. It's infuriating. But do you feel like, is there any part of you? And I ask this to people all the time. Like people are probably sick of me asking this, but like, do you think you'd be as drawn to it if it were perfectly accepted? No. No. Yeah, no. It would it, just be like going to boring. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if people were like, like absolutely <laughs> no accounting mm -hmm. allowed, I'm like, would I be like so hot for accounting? <laughs> no. And Maybe. I think like, and to draw yeah, it further, you haven't like, seen me with reading glasses. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I think I like math. <laughs> for sure. And I think, you know, to like draw it even further, like for me, like, you know, the adult industry is even like the furthest expression of that too, like pornography. Like it's like the fact that it's on film, like depiction of it yeah, is like, it brings it to like, just like a whole other level. And I really don't think there's like a, like a more like that to me is like freedom. Yeah. Like if you're like, and I'm so, I've never shot porn of like, not obviously, but I've not shot porn. And like, to me, like I, I have such like an admiration, like really. Cause like, to me, that's like, 
if you have like the fucking balls to do that, like I wish that I had that. Like I wish that I had that ability and that feeling and like that like. But your balls are even bigger because like you are not in it and you fight for it. Period. Like that's crazy. Big balls, sis. Yeah. <laughs> huge balls. You have the huge biggest balls. balls. <laughs> Alex, you've got Seriously, huge balls. I have huge balls. That but should thank be your, you. sa- your signature on your emails just to make sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just to really fuck with people. <laughs> what about you? Like, do you, like, what do you see your line ever evolving or like away from that? Or like, what? I think for me, sex. It's two different things. I think it's one is purely visual and what that comes with, which is the power and the power of like oneself and also being able to hypnotize people. And then there's like my personal one. Oh, interesting. So it's sex as an awareness of the power. Right. As a mode of power. And then it's what sex can do for you. Exactly. And then there's also like your personal sex life, which is like completely an intimate and Mm -hmm. private and normal. I think Julia Fox talks about that all the time. Who was in the show last night, by the way. Like who, who I think, especially in like recent press has said a lot about how like she actually does not give a fuck about sex. Like she is completely unmotivated by sex. She doesn't have any desire to have sex, but like obviously understands her power as like a sex symbol and someone who is desired and like, is read in that way. And also someone that was, you know, in the industry, like she's a dominatrix, which I think is like probably like the most, like, I don't think there's like another role where you can like kind of capitalize on exactly this that. Is, I didn't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I, and I feel so like, sometimes I'm like literally like, especially being so aware mm-hmm. of whilst having sex, I'm like, what a waste of time, <laughs> you know? But then I'm so drawn by it. Um, Visually, and I guess also because I still mm-hmm. do want it, so I would go chase those situations. Yeah. But that, that like, I've never heard anyone say that. Well, because mm-hmm. I think you can be horny for sex in a, I think, like, what she's saying, I'm guessing, like, or what comes to mind for me is, like, I think you can be horny for sex in a way that it's not for the sex. Like, I think about, like, in porn, we have performers that are, you know, we call them, quote, unquote, gay for pay, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, like, these, like, they identify as heterosexual, usually men, and then they or no, either it whatever. Goes both ways. It's yeah. they it make, goes both it's ways. They make more money. People, in gay porn, right? well, no, like or not, no. not. I mean, yeah, oh, I but so. not. I it, paid, it paid way more. I think per scene you make more money in a gay scene, but there's also less work. That's it. There's more opportunity. Whereas in in uh, heterosexual porn, those dudes sometimes are doing two scenes a day. Yeah, you know what I mean. Whereas a lot of like gay porn stars are under contracts where they're do, shooting like one movie a month. So it's like, Got it's you. a different, but they're That's getting so more per scene. It's really different. So like the, the industry is just smaller, but like, I think, you know, whenever like I think about these dudes the, or anyone, I should say anyone who is gay for pay. Like, I think that like their horniness is not it. I, I believe in them being gay for pay because I think they're turned on by a different aspect of making a porn than the actual sex. Like, I think maybe it's money, maybe it's fame, maybe it's the notoriety, whatever. But like, I think it's, you know, cause a lot of people will be like, no, 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 no. Those dudes definitely have a little bit of gay in them or whatever. And it's like, no, like, I think they're, 
there's more options than just that mm-hmm. or more There's like a famous quote. I forget who said it and exactly <laughs> what it is. But the like gist of it is basically that like everything is about sex except for sex itself. It's about power. Yeah. I don't. I, I think Einstein said that. <laughs> I no, think it was. Uh, I, I think it was Mother so Teresa. Yeah, Confucius. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Love her. But yeah, that's. I think that's really cool. And like I said, like the one thing, or not the one thing, but w- another thing I kept hearing was like the casting was so cool in that yeah. show, and it's so unconventional. So to hear you being like, oh, like that's like. That's what made me say it is like 20 years down the road, someone's going to be asking you like, why do you cast your shows this way or whatever? And then like, you're going to talk about this moment, right? Where mm-hmm. like, where it's like, oh, actually I had, I did this show with Pornhub and like, you know, it's, it's just like really That's cool how everything to see. started. Yeah. So like, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Like it probably. Total genesis moment. I probably, I won't be, if I get anywhere in 20 years time, probably wouldn't be there if it wasn't because of this, like, <laughs> like occasion. So thank you. Life is beautiful. Life is kind. Life is a casting. <laughs> life is life's a casting. A, life's a fitting. Thanks for listening to Terms of Service, a podcast series starring Alex Kakesi and myself. Today's interview was with fashion designer Luis de Javier, who you can see more of on his website at luisdejavier.com or Instagram at luisdejavier.